Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are here on a crying towel Monday. It's the extra yard with Dono and former Miami Dolphin Troy Stratford. You know, Troy, the crazy thing about that Dolphins loss to the Jets was, you know, anybody who, and obviously it's an NFL Sunday, there's, you know, what is it, like 8, 10, 1 o'clock games all happening at the same time. So, like, anybody who's not a Dolphin fan or a Jets fan, and you just looked at the scoreboard afterwards and you see 40 to 17 you're thinking that game was probably a a wire-to-wire blowout. It's crazy to think that with about 13 minutes left in that football game, the Dolphins were down 19-17, to attempting a field goal that would have gave them a one-point lead. And then that field goal from Jason Sanders, a 54-yard try, goes wide to the right. And then it was a complete avalanche after that, like, how does that even happen? Because I watched it, and I'm still not sure how it happened. If I'm correct, that may have been the first field goal that he missed. Maybe he missed one other. I feel but like he missed a, another, unless I'm thinking about last so. year where he kind of kind of so. stunk last year. But. I think so. But that was the, the tie turner in the yeah. football game because things went kaput for the Miami Dolphins thereafter. If he had made that field goal and they went up one – now, like we talk about momentum often when we're talking about sports, that would have been a momentum changer because the Miami Dolphins, with all of the bad things that happened to start the game, for them to all of a sudden at some point in the fourth quarter be up a point, I think things would have been differently. But credit to the Jets. So where us as Dolphin fans – we had two games early this year where the Miami Dolphins had these fantastic finishes in the fourth quarter, or they played well in the fourth quarter, and they overcame these insurmountable leads, and they won the game. You know, it just flipped around. The Miami Dolphins got a little bit of their their medicine, the way I see it. That's a great point. Uh, and, by the way, good afternoon, Big Dan 305. Good afternoon, Alex. <laughs> Let's go get True Breeze. <laughs> True the, the, the live chat is open, by the way, for those of us who are watching us live at 3.03 p.m. on Monday, the 10th of October. I can't believe it's like mid-October already. It's crazy. I can't either. I cannot either. It, no. It's wild. But to what to what Alex M. is saying, and it's why, Troy, when I made the title for this episode and when I made like the YouTube thumbnail for this episode, like I, I used the term Murphy's Law. And this is not to make excuses because, you know, the, the better team yesterday won. Uh, but 
it felt like everything that could go wrong for the Miami Dolphins went wrong on Sunday. And it started from the very first offensive play of the game. First play. When Teddy Bridgewater was called for intentional grounding. I called shenanigans. on. I didn't think it was intentional grounding, but whatever. Uh, that gave a safety to the Jets, intentional grounding in the end zone. And he gets banged up on the play. And Troy, how ironic is it that if not for what I refer to as the tour rules, Teddy could have come back and finished that game. But we got these new concussion protocols, which are no longer based on science. It's just based on vibes now. Like we're not like, because Teddy Bridgewater did not have a concussion. Like he was tested. He did not have a concussion. But the reason why Bridgewater was not allowed to return to that game was they have spotters now. Like they have snitches that are watching you know, keeping their eyes on, I'm going to call them snitches. snitches. <laughs> and if you see somebody who looks like they're stumbling or wobbling, you have to assume they have a concussion and they are not allowed to return. So some spotter thought he saw Teddy wobbling. So they declared, even though like medically he doesn't have a concussion. Now I'm not saying the science is perfect on that, but there were, there was no actual tangible scientific evidence of Teddy having a concussion, but because some bro probably sitting in the 300 level with binoculars spotted him wobbling he wasn't allowed to return to the game so then the Dolphins who didn't have Tua to start the game Teddy gets through one play he's out and then you've got oh and man I'm eating a lot of crow today because my guy Skyler time I really thought when Skyler came on I'm like no problem 50 to nothing victory or 50 to two victory because you already were down to 50 to two victory coming and yes, Skylar Thompson, he looked like a seventh round rookie. It's usually what you expect when you thrust a seventh round rookie quarterback into the game. We also lose Teron Armstead to injury. You know, we lost Tyreek Hill, got his foot stepped on. Like, is there anything that didn't go wrong in that game? Everything went wrong for the Miami Dolphins, starting from the very first play. I was like flabbergasted, right? I'm sitting there saying, are you kidding me? He's out on the very first play of the game. Now, I thought it was a bad call. I thought it was – the reason why I thought it was a bad call is because his elbow was hit. The defender, the cornerback that came on the blitz, he forced his arm to go down, in my opinion. And so the ball went to a, a, an area where, okay, maybe a receiver was not there. But to me, I'm like, are you kidding me? You can't call that, right? Yeah. And so – all of a sudden, Teddy is out of the game. So we've been, we talked for like 10 days, eight, nine, 10 days about him preparing as a starter, being ready. And yes, uh, Skyler sat there as the backup, and his preparation went a little differently as well. But all of a sudden, he's thrust into a game, and the Miami Dolphins can't get anything going. But, you know, they kind of treaded water, and they got things going. They got the running game going to get going a little bit, but eventually it came to that fourth quarter, and everything went down. Skyler made rookie mistakes. Let me tell you, it's a world of difference. Like a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about Skyler. You wanted to see him, and I go, "All right, all right, pump your brakes a little bit." <laughs> Skyler was playing against guys who are not even in the league anymore. They didn't make the team as a group. And all of a sudden, he's thrust into an NFL game. And as far as I know, until you play 
two game, two years in the NFL, you are nervous as hell before any game. And so for him to have to go in there and play like he did an entire football game, that's pretty tough, man. So he, yeah, he made some rookie, rookie mistakes, and I'm not surprised by that. I'm really not surprised by it. And, and I, I hate the fact that I have to get, like, so angry at so many Dolphin fans because it's like – and I, I know I'm part of the problem because I, I had an anti-Tua propaganda campaign for, like, almost yeah, two years. I know yeah, I'm part of the problem. I'm fully admitting it. I was part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. But it's like, as the Dolphins are, you know, struggling to score points and they're finding themselves, you know, down by more and more in that fourth quarter against the Jets, then I start to see Dolphin fans on Twitter arguing because, like, you know, the people who don't like Tua and, like, think he sucks are are all like, oh, Skyler time, baby. And then then I see the, the sensitive Tua fans are like, see, you see, you wanted Skyler. And Skyler sucks. I told you he's. Did you think he was better than Tua? Like the, these these nerds are arguing. I'm like, dude, I'm a Dolphin fan. We're getting shellacked right now. I don't care who's at quarterback. I don't care if it's Teddy or Skyler or Reed Sinnott, who's on the practice squad now, or or you know who our backup was in that C- Cedric Wilson was the uh, yeah who was the backup quarterback. So our wide receiver Carter, ended up being me at that time was like, hey. Go Wildcat. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I thought about that as well. But, like, I don't yeah. – we shouldn't care who the quarterback is. Like, well, let's not laugh about anybody out there struggling. Uh, you know, but it, that, that's just what we've gotten to. Like, we've gotten to this point where you get infighting. And, and I'm – you know, I see it with Hurricanes fans as well. People argue over every little thing. Oh, oh we wasted $80 million on a coach now five games in. We've decided that. So, so that was a little trouble. You're saying the Canes lost? Well, how did Boston College do, Troy? Oh, I don't know. I got to check that score. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that went too well against Clemson. <laughs> Not well at all. Not well at all. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and, and here's the scary thing. is like moving forward. Uh, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be this Sunday home against the Minnesota Vikings. It could be one of any three people, right? I, I, hopefully none of the spotters saw anything happen to Skyler. Hopefully Skyler wasn't wobbly at any point and some snitch saw sure. it through their binoculars. But, you know, we don't know if, if Tua is going to be able to clear the protocol because I don't even know what the protocol is anymore. Like, honestly, do we just like, do we let people on Twitter decide when someone can play again? Like, is that how we do it? Because, Apparently, like doctors and Troy, the result of that investigation, they they discovered the Dolph the clean. Yet they still fired a doctor. Like, what what what, would you fire the doctor for? I I told you he was the fall guy, and my and the NFL and the Players Association, they had to go to the table. They had to come up with this, you know, solution to kind of quiet everyone down. Because when you look at some of the games this past weekend. There were a number of players who were dinged. They didn't play the quarterback position. And right. it didn't happen. It happened with the Miami Dolphins and not their team last week. So there was definitely a microscope on the Miami Dolphins. And that's what we got, what we got. So Teddy, I believe he could have returned to the game as well. And it's just unfortunate because I'm sure he was ready to go. And it just didn't happen for the Miami Dolphins. 
Let me go back to that, uh, what ended up being a disastrous fourth quarter. You know, you played the game, Troy. Um, how real is momentum, right? Like when, when things start to steamroll against you, uh, like how, how, just, how hard is it to make plays and bounce back? Very hard to make plays. And you just need one guy to make a play at that point in the game. But you can't guarantee that someone is going to make that play. Now, that being said, the Miami Dolphins, all of a sudden, no one, you know, put that screen plot together that, okay, Teddy's going to go down on the first play of the game, and we're going to have to play with Skylar Thompson. None of that stuff was in the mind of McDaniel, right? None of that was in his mind. And so the Miami Dolphins, I give them credit. Yes, the defense still needs to wake up and play Miami Dolphins football like they did last year. But when it comes to this game right here, it was all about the offense. The offense needed to generate some type of momentum, some big play. They, they weren't able, you know, I didn't check this, but I wonder what was the longest play for the Miami Dolphins in that game because they just didn't make any big plays. And the Miami Dolphins have been a big play machine right. so far this season. And now all of a sudden, if that's what, you know, your whole – identity is i think the longest play the dolphins had the longest play they had was 30 yards to mike gesicki see now if that's 30 yards to tyreek hill if that's 30 yards to waddle now you're talking about potentially breaking it for 50 yards for 60 yards and a touchdown so miami dolphins they found themselves in a situation and credit to the new york jets right they got a bunch of rookies on that team that made some plays that came up and they played well. And so the Miami Dolphins, you really didn't see many big plays in there. And the Miami Dolphins gave up big plays, you know, mm-hmm. like a little wheel route. You know, me, a former running back, I'm like looking my chops. Okay. They forgot to cover me out here. Now I'm out here in space. I'm about to tear somebody up. I'm going to take this <laughs> the distance. So. Miami Dolphins, a lot of things went against them, and it started on their very first play of the game. Yeah, and and yeah, you're Brees Hall, the uh, the New York Jets running back. He he had an incredible game, right? And listen, as a Dolphins fan, I look and say, why didn't the defense do better against him? But you know, he had 18 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown, and he had two catches for 100 receiving yards. That wheel route that you were talking about, so. Yes, he he had a he had a fantastic fantastic game. Um, is is there anything? Let me catch up real quick. Sure, Donald. I will say this: when I look at what was going on in this game, I'm sitting there saying, "Wait a minute, Miami Dolphins can't make any big plays. The Jets are making big plays. No one's really stepping up, and it's all on the other side." And I'm sitting there saying. Okay, were they in a funk? Now, the Miami Dolphins, they, again, they weathered the storm. But I'm sitting there saying someone has to make a major play, whether it was on defense. Now, if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're playing without Xavier Howard, right? Yeah. Like, we question the defense right now. 
Jones is not out there. Howard is not out there. And in the NFL, when you have the back end of your defense, in particular the corners, who can lock people down, you have more freedom to do more things. And from my point of view, you, I see the Miami Dolphins say, okay, not that they don't trust other guys, but other guys are just not at the level that Jones and Howard are in or on. And so that becomes a difficult challenge when you're calling what you want to do in a football game. Hollins, right? We haven't called his name the last two weeks. And why is that? And that's because all of a sudden, him at a safety position, he has to cover up for the cornerbacks that are out there. Whereas before, when Jones was out there, and how it was out there. Or at least one of them. Because it's like if one you of have one of them out there, you can it can mask a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden, he has to be a little bit of a different player. The calls that come in are a little bit different. And so the Miami Dolphins find themselves up against, you know, the corner. They're sitting there saying, oh, well, we can't do what we normally do. And so I'm sitting there saying, I don't know how these guys, I don't know if Jones is coming back next week. I don't know if Xavier Howard is going to be able to play next week. I really don't. But that is a key to that defense. I mean, it's built up front. But in the NFL, when you have cornerbacks, not one, but you have two who can sit there and cover their guy man to man, and it allows you such freedom, I mean, that's a joy to have. Yeah, no doubt about that. How did you feel um, about uh, coaching in this game? Because I, I do I, – one thing, I'll, I will give Mike McDaniel a lot of credit because I thought that after Bridgewater left the game, Skylar Thompson comes in, he looks like a deer in the headlights. I thought McDaniel had some masterful play calls in that game, Troy. Like just on that drive where the Dolphins, you know, ended up scoring on that Durham-Smythe direct snap, which was a yes. cool – play but there, there was just there, there was a lot of just good rhythm and gadget plays leading up to it which is the kind of stuff you have to call when you're down to your third quarterback so you said I, I I'm sure we can get into you know defensive coaching and what what happens to uh to just get steamrolled in the fourth quarter but when it comes to a play calling standpoint I thought that once you got to the adversity of you know having your starting left tackle out and two quarterbacks out, I thought that that's really when McDaniel started to kind of flex his play calling and play design genius. Donald, they played with the third string quarterback. Okay, yeah. third string quarterback. Yeah, credit to uh, the guy in Dallas who's playing well and all of that. Cooper Rush. Very yeah. rarely, very rarely does that happen. And what about the guy Miami, in New, New England? He keeps winning. They, they, yeah. they Bailey Zappi, he's like their 10th quarterback. He keeps but winning. But you know what? They're Those guys had preparation to get ready for that game. Miami right. Dolphins didn't. Again, this is one of those smack you in the face. All of a sudden, hey, you're up. You're up. The Miami Dolphins are sitting there saying, what if he goes down? What are we going to do? So, like, right before the half when the Miami Dolphins, the announcers were sitting there talking about, you know, the Miami Dolphins should be no huddle and they should be saving time. The Miami Dolphins, I I don't know why they played it that way, 
but they played it the right way and they ended up getting points out of that. I still say the missed field goal was the mm. key in this game oh. and the Miami Dolphins could not recover from that. So now your, your third string quarterback, your rookie quarterback who never played in the game before, all of a sudden, you know, he gives up an interception, he gives up a fumble. Now you have a short field as the New York Jets and they took advantage of it. So credit to the New York Jets in those situations. Credit to them. The fumble was rough. You're right about that. Uh, and Troy, I just I hate losing to the Jets. I hate losing any game, but I especially oh, hate losing too. to the Jets. So th- this snap, the Dolphins had a four-game winning streak against the Jets. Snap. The Jets actually had a 12-game losing streak 12. in the AFC East. <laughs> Well, they had they had won a division game. What is that? Three years or no? No, not two years because they they play six. I, I I'm not good at math, folks. But they hadn't won a division game in a long time. I'm watching the pregame, right? I don't know what channel, Fox or CBS. It's all the I'm same. They all the talk pre-game. about the same stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. all the same thing. And I heard one gentleman say the Jets had lost twelve straight AFC East games, and I said. Thank you. I said, why'd you just do that to us? <laughs> like, I, at that point, I said, this, uh, oh, new. boy, here we go. Yep. The Jets going to come up with a victory somehow, some way. But, again, the very first play of the game was just downhill from there, down. Yeah. And, and again, like, um, I'm not even going to put it, like, on the quarterback uh, because there were a lot of other issues. But, it, it, like, I, I wonder, and I'm, I'm going to be talking with some handicappers later this week, and I'll report back on our next show. Because, you know, going into that game thinking, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater would play four quarters. He played one play. But, you know, I I asked uh, Lee Sterling, professional sports handicapper, like, how much do you think Tua is worth? Like, the drop-off from Tua to Teddy. And he thought that Tua, compared to Teddy, was worth three to three and a half points. That, you know, the Dolphins went into that game against the Jets a three-point favorite. He thought if Tua had been healthy, if none of the concussion stuff ever would have happened, they would have been a six or a six and a half point favorite on the road. So then I would imagine the difference, if the difference between Tua and Teddy is three to three and a half points, the difference between Tua and Skyler is probably, I don't know, nine, ten points. Uh, safe to say that's a good number that you could put on that. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, the, the first time you play in an NFL game, it is a different experience whatsoever and he's at the quarterback position right so here i am a running back playing in my first game i am worried about one thing my assignment troy get the play right get the snap count right and you go do your thing don't miss any assignments i'm worried about me and me only i didn't even know how i affected the play that was called I didn't know how I affected how the wire receiver on the right or the wire receiver on the left, what their responsibility was. But I learned as I got older that, you know, because I had a couple of veterans pull my tent, like, Troy, you know, you got to do this because you're helping me get open. And I'm sitting there saying, I really didn't know that. <laughs> and then, but you learn those things. But as a quarterback, you have to know where your protection is going. You have to know who's doing what. You have to worry about all 11, 10 other guys on the football field as opposed to just yourself. 
And so that task is monumental when it comes to being a young quarterback playing in an NFL game. It's, it's mind-boggling how much they need to know. How did you feel, um, you know, watching Skylar Thompson? Do you look at him and say, okay, th- this guy can be can be a good, decent NFL quarterback? In the th- now, I'm not saying he'll ever be the Dolphins' starting quarterback, but, you know, maybe he'll be a long career backup or get a chance to start somewhere. Uh, how did you feel watching Skylar play? I'm going to ask you that. How, how did you feel watching Skylar play? Because you were yeah. so high on him. How, yeah. how did you feel watching him play? Because it's not preseason anymore. I'll tell you that. It's it, it not did, preseason. didn't look like preseason anymore. Uh, I, I didn't – the big thing, I didn't think he looked comfortable. I, I didn't think he looked comfortable whatsoever. You can see the athleticism from him, which, you know, is obviously something that God yes. gave him. Uh, yes. So the athleticism is there, which tells me there's potential there. But he, he just did not look like, and it goes back to what we were talking about. He probably, unfortunately, because backup quarterbacks always say, I'm preparing to be the starter. I call shenanigans on that. I don't think they're usually <laughs> truly prepared to be the starter. He didn't look like he was prepared to be the starter. It was, it was pretty he, rough. I, I'm sure he prepared. Like he was more attentive yeah. in meetings this week than in past weeks when he didn't even know if he was going to be active for the game. Right, but yeah, because all the previous games, he was inactive. Right. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, okay, he's sitting up in his chair. He's taking notes. He's going home, and whoever the close person is around him, where he lives, he's talking football, football, football. Before, I'm not sitting there saying that, you know, they ain't say, hey, you want to watch a movie or something like that? There was no movie watching going on. This was all about Man, I might get into this game at some point. And so, you know, it's unfortunate for Teddy Bridgewater, right? It's unfortunate for the Miami Dolphins because all of a sudden we have two quarterbacks who are very questionable, right? Teddy Bridgewater, if I'm correct, suffered two concussions last year. Oh, did he? I didn't even know that. Yes, and That's so now he suffers another one. Hmm. Like I don't Teddy, think he really did. The the spotter, somebody saw him wobble. <laughs> but you know that's the new change to the rule, and that's I believe right. it will, the focus will be more on the quarterback position than any other position, because you're a wide receiver or you're a running back, and you get ding. You run to the sideline, you're shaking it off. Now, if you're wobbling and stumbling, I'm pretty sure they're going to kind of put the brakes on you. But right. that quarterback position is so – there's a micro uh, a microscope on you. So you show any – excuse me. You, shot, you show any sign of something not going right in your head, they're going to shut you down now. Excuse me. Why do I have the hiccup? They're going to shut you down nowadays – and it's going to be no questions asked. By the way, I'm looking at prize picks for this week. And as expected, they do not currently have um, – this is obviously going to change as we get closer to Sunday. But they don't currently have, from what I can tell, any Dolphins quarterback option. Because it's, you know, it, your guess is as good Who's, as mine, right? Is it going to be I Cedric be Wilson? Right. You is it going to be, be Troy Stratford? Is it going to be Cedric Wilson <laughs> in the Wildcat? Is it going to be Teddy Tua Skyler? So we don't know. Uh, I am looking right now at prizepicks.com. I'm actually looking on the Prize Picks mobile app. 
which is okay. super easy. Like you can do it on the, the old fashioned way on the website, prizepicks.com. And the price picks, they have a smartphone app, which is great. Download the price picks smartphone app. Guys, this is daily fantasy that combines my love for fantasy and parlays. You simply select, and it takes 60 seconds or less to make your selections two, three, four, or five players and predict if they're going to go over or under their stat projections. And if you get all, all your predictions correct, you win real money. It's legal and it's super easy to sign up, to deposit. And guys, when you do deposit, let me make sure I get the uh, the code to throw out there for everyone watching. All caps down there. You see it? When you do make your deposit at Prize Picks, they're going to ask you, do you have a referral code or a, a bonus or a bonus code? And you do. Five, F-I-V-E. Use our code five and they're going to match your first deposit 100% up to $100. So to get the best value, you could do whatever you want. If you want to deposit 10 and get a free 10, cool. But it, the best value, deposit 100 and they're going to give you $100 free. They're going to double your deposit. So then you'll have 200 bucks to play with. And it's a lot of fun. So you just predict if someone's going to go over or under their projections. So I'm looking at Monday night tonight. We've got Las Vegas and Kansas City. Nice AFC West matchup. Um, the number for over. Pat Mahomes, yeah, over, over, so, over, over for everybody. So for Pat Mahomes, the number is two seventy eight and a half passing yards. For Derek Carr, over. and I could really use some Devontae Adams fantasy points. Uh, Derek Carr is two sixty five and a half over or under. We're going over, straight over, 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 over. And that. now you know you remember my disclaimer from last week, right? What I say, the opposite happens. But yep. I'm I'm actually gonna play the overs tonight. Okay. I think I'm not sitting there saying it's gonna be a high scoring game. When I first when I was playing with the Miami Dolphins, I thought the toughest place to play was in Buffalo. Okay. And then I went to the Kansas City Chiefs and I said, Oh, they smoke Buffalo. Like <laughs> Kansas City. Is the toughest place, and that place will be rocking tonight because the Raiders hate rivalry. Like we talk yeah. about the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. I got out there and I said, I think this kind of beast, that rivalry right there, that that rivalry is absolutely insane. And it was the loudest stadium I ever played in. I can remember it was a Monday night. Quick story, and then we'll get back to what we're talking about. Sure. Marty Schottenheimer was our coach. And it's a Monday night. We're playing the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills were good at the time. It was a pivotal game. And I don't think it had been a Monday night game in Kansas City for a long time. And, I mean, players are itching to get out of the locker room, to go out on the field, and do some destruction in this football game. Right. And so, you know, Marty kind of calm down, everybody, calm down, calm down, you know, because the coach at some point he calls the entire team up. Right. Yeah. All right. Calm down. Everyone come up. I never saw a professional locker room like I did that night. Players were like just ready to get out on the football field. And so finally, Marty shuts us down. And he goes, you guys ready? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we're ready. 
we're ready, we're ready. And all he said, Donald, was, let's go. Shortest wow. head coaching speech I ever heard got, period. He was like, let's go. <laughs> and we ran, we ran out of the locker room, and it was over. And we ended up winning that game. Wow. And you couldn't hear anything in that stadium. So I find it very tough to win in that game. I think Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely a one-of-a-kind, and he's going to get his yardage. The question mark might be there with Carr. Okay. Yeah. It's a question mark there, yeah. but it's gambling, right? So you're taking a chance somewhere. And overs are more fun, Troy. I mean, it's it's a lot more fun to root for something to happen versus root for something not to happen. Because isn't it like the worst feeling? So you look at uh, – well, let me pull up the number again. So like, let, let, let's say I take Derek Carr's under tonight which would mean under 265 and a half like yeah. let's say like you get into like the final drive and he's at 250 and i'm like just run the ball don't incomplete what? don't don't throw <laughs> like that that's not fun but but if he's at 250 and i've got the over and i need 15 and a half more yards i'm like let's freaking go Devontae out of this open it's a lot more fun absolutely i like i like to bet the overs it has cost me like i have bad too i have Two bad weeks in a row, right? You know, I'm oh, a big yeah. Mets fan. Ooh, so they sucked week. against the Braves. Oh. Then they just got eliminated by San Diego. The Miami Dolphins lost on Thursday the week before. They lost yesterday. I'm sitting here saying, what do I got to do? Like, what do I have to do to change my luck? But I will be in there again tonight. No doubt about that. I love that. So, guys, if you want to play on prize picks, it's so much fun. Even if you want to play the unders, do do you, all right? You can play the overs or the unders. Right. You select two, three, four, or five players. Predict if they go over or under their stat projections. Uh, use our promo code 5 Prize picks. Truly is daily fantasy simplified. I'll uh, give so, a little hint. I've lost yeah. more playing over than the unders. It's always that way. But wouldn't you rather lose and have fun than win? And no, I'd rather win, actually. But, you know, <laughs> at least, at least you're win. having fun losing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather win. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about, because, uh, you know, Troy, I, I feel like, uh, and maybe we're going to get a little something out of it now, now that the Jets have, you know, finally won a division game and they beat the Dolphins for a first time in, in, in a long time. But, you know, one of our uh, one of our commenters, I think it was uh, Tony two times. So here it is. Uh, he says, hey, we have a rivalry again. The Jets were doing our wide receiver celebration after an interception and a touchdown. Yeah. Made my blood boil. Because, Troy, haven't you yeah. felt like like football has just become so much more about business I don't feel like the players, like the Dolphins and Jets players, hate each other like they used to. Because I used to, like when I used to, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, cover the team in the locker room. And I would speak to like older school guys like Jason Taylor, who ironically played for the Jets for a minute. But long before that, when I would see guys like Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas in that Dolphins locker room, like they legitimately despise the Jets. I don't feel like you get a lot of that hatred anymore. And the reason for that is social media. Like everyone knows each other now. Oh, you have yeah. more respect for other guys because you hang out with them, you party with them, you do events with them, you shoot commercials with them. You know, back when I played, like those on the New York Jets, I never met any of them. I just played against them. 
And so you hate the hell out of them. Nowadays, it's that friendship stuff. Before NBA games, you see everybody hugging each other. We ain't hug each other back hey, then. They all want to play together. No, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. They want to play together. They want to, you know, hock some product or something like that together. That did not take place before, and it's all because of where we are in society right now. Social media, uh, money for endorsements and things of that nature. And so these guys know each other. I mean, down here in South Florida, right? Basketball players, NBA players, NFL players, they're all down here. Most of them own homes down here. It's their playground. And so you know these guys. And so now you're friends with them. So, okay, in the game, someone takes a cheap shot. Yeah, you're going to go after them or whatever. But you see, after games, everybody's hugging each other. Like, we didn't do that. (laughs) And I hate to be one of those guys that say, you know, the old school, we didn't do that. But that's just how it was. We didn't. Hug each. I'm like, we lost. I'm walking off the field. I don't need. I, call me in two days if if we know each other, we have a relationship. Okay, call me in two days and we'll talk about this. But just eh, right after the game, I I got a problem with that. I got a problem with that. Yeah, it's just it's so different. Like it, it's so different from what you played in. It's so different from what I grew up watching. But. Correct. I don't think we're I don't think we're going back to the old days anytime soon. No, I, I think no the play, they're, they're getting chummier and chummier, like not the opposite, right? They're so, dating the guy's sister. Like I, <laughs> I hate to be that guy. Yeah, but times definitely have changed, you know. So they're they're asking uh, what happened to the the Dolphins' pass rush. Yeah, you know, they had two sacks uh, in the game. Um, Brandon Jones played pretty well. He was, uh, you know, probably in, in a defense that didn't do well. He was probably the top guy there. But then the other thing, so not only the pass rush, Troy, the Dolphins haven't gotten an interception since week one, right? They haven't se- since Xavier Howard knocked that ball into uh, into Javon Holland's hands. Uh, it's pretty crazy for, you know, a defense that was a trademark for the Dolphins. And they have had some fumble recovery since then. But a defense that just made a habit of just getting picks in big spots, they haven't gotten a pick in a month now, over a month. Donald, there is a level of talent. Some guys could do it and some guys can't. And when you have guys who could do it, you could play recklessly. You you could apply pressure. You could call different things. And the Miami Dolphins pass rush has not been – like it has been throughout last year and like we've seen a couple of times earlier this season. And that's just, just because of the secondary. Like we sit here and say, okay, who makes who? Quarterbacks makes the wide receiver, the wide receiver makes the quarterback. Right. The DBs make the pass rush, the pass rush makes the DB. It's all connected together. It's all tied together and when you're lacking and this is coach mcdaniels this is his biggest test right because the first two weeks i remember making a comment on the show saying you know you're a good coach when everything is going right Mm -hmm. when things start to go wrong how is your team going to respond 
How are you going to respond? So everything has been rosy here so far. So far. Now all of a sudden the Miami Dolphins got to make some adjustments. They got to they got to counter the lack of talent on a higher level and they have to do different things. So this is going to be a big test for the Miami Dolphins, but I will say this. I'd rather them have this test early in the season as opposed to late in the season or later right. in the season. Because imagine if the Miami Dolphins went, you know, seven and one, eight and two, and then all of a sudden they had to face with what they're facing with right now. And you're sitting there and say, how are they going to respond to that? So I kind of, I'm not sitting here saying I like it, but I'm sitting here saying not a bad thing because you could bet whether the players are on a level below the starters, you know, like an Xavier Howard, you're still going out there to play your best football and hopefully you're going to get the job done. But it changes the play calling. Like I told you early on in the show that, Great quarterbacks, they affect the play calling by a defensive coordinator. You know, they're, they're a little more cautious playing against a Tom Brady, right? They're a little bit more cautious, cautious doing that. So now, all of a sudden, Tua earned some respect in this league. And with the speed that they had, coaches were a little more cautious against the Miami Dolphins offense. Now they're sitting there saying, hey, let's go get this quarterback. You know, he's new. And that brings up a point that was in my head. We talked about last week, Tua going down and Tua being a lefty quarterback. Mm, In the very first play of the game, what did the Jets do? They sent a blitz not normally on the left side, they send that blitz on the right side. And I wonder, like, see, these are the things we don't know. I wonder if the offensive line or the protection, their responsibilities slipped up a little bit because they're used to everything else happening on the other side because that DB came yeah. clean as a whistle. No one touched Great them. point. But yeah. if two was playing out there, I'm thinking they would have had a hat on him at some point, somehow, some way. So we don't have the answer to that question. You don't get the answer to that unless you're in the meeting room and they break down everything and they go, you know, you blew this assignment. But he was not supposed to come that clean. Like, and if it wasn't a breakdown with assignment on the offensive line or the running back picking him up, it was on Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, you know, you got a free blitzer coming over here right now. And so I don't know who made that error, but to me, as soon as it happened, I go, that's what I'm talking about. Righty, lefty. You got to switch things around. And I, 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 it was a misassignment by the Miami Dolphins, whether it was the offensive line or if it was the quarterback. That's a great point by you. And huge th- shout out and thank you to – and Troy, this man is across the pond. He's in Scotland. Andy from Scotland, thank you so much. In pounds – for the uh, the super chat, great duo. Please do more shows, guys. We we are here every Monday. We're here every Monday, uh, three p.m. our time. I think for you that's eight p.m. I know it's evening over there in Scotland. So thank you so much for tuning in, uh, Troy. I want to build on what you were saying about 
adversity for Mike McDaniel. Uh, There's a lot of it right now. I mean, you go back uh, the last 11 days, right? You know, the the Tua stuff, obviously. And it seems like McDaniel is pretty good at, like, shutting most of that stuff out and just focusing on football. But it can't be fun to have a lot of people out there, like, trying to blame him for something that I don't think he had any fault in whatsoever. In fact, the investigation seemingly has proven that McDaniel did nothing wrong. Even before the investigation, I still thought it's pretty dumb to like blame a coach who's not a doctor when a lot of doctors had their hands in this, but it is what it is. He had that to deal with. And just from a health standpoint, he got down to his third quarterback in this game. You know, you have uh, an all pro left tackle who is an injury liability. uh, And you know, Teron Armstead is dealing with a toe. That's a really big deal. Uh, You know, your defensive backfield has been decimated by injury. Your, your two pro bowl caliber cornerbacks, uh, you know, you're also and listen, I hope that this is a very long week of recovery. Uh, but, you know, you had Tyreek Hill get stepped on. And he was seen walking in a boot after walking the game boot. yesterday. So, I mean, this is it. And you've lost two straight games. So there's a lot of adversity piling up. And OK, we're not really going to know how he's handling it until we see how the Dolphins respond from these losses. Do they bounce back from a two game losing streak or does that become a three game losing streak and so on? I can tell you so far, I'm pretty impressed with the way optically McDaniel's handing it, handling it, and it looks like he still has the faith and trust of his players, which is very important. And so, um, you know, so far, so good, but I can say that, and it means nothing before you take the field against the Vikings next week. Again, I, I repeat, it's a team thing. So the Miami Dolphins, as a, as a group, they're sitting there saying, all right, we got some injuries, but we have to have guys that step up. I think there's more pressure like on the defensive coordinator to come up with a scheme that fits the players that are out there on the football field. You, you just can't play the way you played when you had Jones and Howard out there. That was a luxury to have that. You know, if you got a great de- defense end who could get after the quarterback and it's hard to block him, as a defensive coordinator, you're sitting there saying, hey, I could call this and we're going to be all right. If he doesn't get to him, he's definitely going to put pressure on him. So the Miami Dolphins all of a sudden find themselves in a situation where they don't have top-notch players. Like early in the season, look at the – Plays that the defense is making. That you didn't see any of that yesterday, correct? You, you didn't, didn't see any see, of those. Uh, didn't see any of those Melvin Ingram fumble recoveries and scoops and you scores. You didn't see any of that, and that's because of the talent level that's on the football field. So it's very important the scheme that is put together offensively and defensively because. Now, all of a sudden, the Miami Dolphins offensively, like we didn't touch on this, but the running game started clicking yesterday, yes, right? It did. Now, I knew during the week, they knew they were going in with Teddy. And Teddy's not Tua. Hey, how about that? You know, here we are screaming for Tua <laughs> to sit down. And now we're sitting there saying, oh, you know, Teddy's not Tua, right? Right. So you're sitting there and you're saying, hmm. What do we do? We got to work on this running game because the Miami Dolphins, I think it became clear with this game against the Jets, with the effectiveness of the running game, 
that this has been a passing team. Offensively, you know, years past, last four or five years, we're looking at the Miami Dolphins, and there was no identity. Mm-hmm. But so far this year, the identity has been, hey, we're a passing team. We'll, we'll knock your lights out. You know, we'll hit you quickly. But all of a sudden, quarterback goes down. You're like, all right, we got to work on this running game a little bit more. And it was effective. Now, the positive out of that is, okay, the Miami Dolphins running game really didn't show anything the first three, four games of the season. And now they're in a situation where they need that running game to step up, and it stepped up. So, again, even though the starters are not out there right now, moving forward, this is something that they could build on because who knows, maybe four weeks from now, Miami Dolphins' passing game is clicking, their running game is clicking, and now they become an even more dangerous team. Yeah, Raheem Mostert has been really good the last couple weeks, especially this past Sunday. 18 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown. He, he He's the one who's separating himself right now, Troy. Like a few weeks ago, yeah. I thought if someone was really going to emerge, I thought it would be Chase Edmonds. You know, he's got the drop issues now. And, and Mostert, and maybe it shouldn't be too surprising, because, you know, he needed to get healthy because he came in training camp. He wasn't fully healthy coming off injury last year, but – He's the one who knows the coach. He knows the plays. He knows the offense, having you know played over there in San Francisco. And, and he's the one who's been taking advantage these last two games. I like how he's playing. This is a man who has major confidence in himself. He thinks he's one of the fastest guys in the National Football League. Well, he, he is. I, I, he doesn't have to think he it. He wants to true. race anyone. <laughs> yeah. And – he runs with determination. So it was nice to see him have success, get into the end zone, and he should next week look for a little more work depending on who the quarterback is. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I don't know. I don't know if two is going to be out there or not. I, I really don't know how if, they're going to handle that. If this that. was the old protocol, then I'd say – 95 percent but in the new protocol era like are they gonna let the spotter decide like they're, they're, they're gonna let some bro who uh who watched a youtube video on concussions they're, they're gonna let they like they, they, they would trust social media at this point to decide who's concussed <laughs> over the actual doctors like if a doctor tells you well listen I, I took his uh, baseline tests. I shined a little flashlight in his eyes. I had him wow. uh, recite the national anthem backwards. He passed wow. everything. And then the NFL will be like, well, hold on. I saw some bro on Twitter. He sent out the video of this guy wobbling a little bit. The guy on Twitter says he's concussed, doctor. You say he's not? Nah. Just vibes now. No science. So you could say the alphabet backwards? Not a chance. Not a, not a chance, but I can't need do that. I'd be <laughs> like if a doctor, if I got yeah. dinged and the doctor said, say the alphabet backwards, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I guess I'm concussed. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? Are you <laughs> kidding me? What you want? You want yeah. me to be out of here? Yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah, so I um, honestly, and what you just talked about, not even knowing who the quarterback is going to be, not to mention you know, a handful of other important players, we don't know if they're going to go. Um, I don't know how to give a, a prediction for this game, Troy. Uh, D- D- Dolphins versus Vikings. I'm, I'm guessing 
You I, got I, a point spread on that yet? That that's what I'm I'm actually, you know, we think alike. I'm I'm, I, I'm to sitting see, there saying trying to look at that now. One point max. Uh Minnesota's favored by three on the road. Okay. So they don't think that two. I'm a little surprised play. by that. So I guess they they don't think Tua or Teddy are going to play probably, if Minnesota's favored by three. They definitely don't think that Tua is going to play. They yeah. really don't. Yeah. You know. When so two, honestly, two, this is one of those. Wouldn't you say Troy? Because I actually agreed with you. I thought it would be about a pick 'em. Um, even knowing how little we know right now, if you can get Dolphins plus three today, you might want to put a few bucks on that right now just to kind of. You know, to say, I'm just going to take a shot at this. I I, I want to lock in this number. Hey, weather will play a role again. Minnesota yeah. has been chilly up there for a month now. Mm-hmm. And so Miami Dolphins, they have to hang in there the first half. And then second half, they got to hope that Minnesota kind of wilters away and they could get the job done. I, I Again, it's the quarterback that's going to play this game. Hey, chill. My dog is going crazy. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I can hear him playing with the choo You can hear him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chill. I tried everything. Took him for a walk, tried to wear him it. out. We understand. It's an adorable dog, too, by the way. So no, nobody yeah, cares. He's a little, he's a little cutie. He's a terrible. <laughs> he's a little cutie. Hey, hey, can you chill? Oh, man. He's he's still angry about that Dolphins loss yesterday. I don't blame yeah, him. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh yeah. man, I, I just a terrible weekend. But between between your Mets and our Dolphins, your oh. Boston College, my Canes, this is an uh, awful weekend. My fantasy teams, everything. See, I'm actually Zero. I'm on track. I, I I need to see a couple of Monday nighters step up tonight. But I'm about to be, I think, and I just mushed it right now. But I'm about to be five and zero, oh, I believe. So I'm I'm off really? to a good start. Yeah. Wow. With a team that I admit, Troy, my team was half auto-drafted. Half. Because you know what happened? These assholes that I do this fantasy league with. Right. Um, you know what time my draft started? And this was on like a Monday or a Tuesday night. It started at 10.30 p.m. What? Like, dude, I'm usually in bed by 10.30. Work? Well, the, the guy who runs the league lives in Minnesota and that's like one of these, like one of those fake time zones, right? Like they, like, I don't know if it's mountain time or yeah. central, it's a yeah. stupid fake time zone. And, you know, most of them are probably East coasters. I only know like two of the guys in the league personally, I, I'm going to assume like the other nine guys are probably unemployed. Just they sleep till noon every day, but the, the draft started at 10 30. So I stayed Donald, up, if- I stayed up long enough to make like my first six picks. And then I went to bed and I let the auto draft take care of the rest. Donald, if I was in a fantasy league and the draft started at 10.30, my entire draft would have been auto-picked. Yeah, I, just I thought about it, but since it was, you know, it was a money league, I'm like, yeah, I got to at least, I gotta at least get some players you gotta in. got to make yeah. some. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, listen, yeah. man, the, 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 I, I had some players on the back end of my roster who are doing all right, so I guess the auto-draft, the auto-draft is working for me. Uh, That's let, where let me, the auto draft yeah. comes in. It's those backup players and stuff. Like yeah, that. because I think a lot of times when you draft in person, when you start to get to the late rounds, you overthink it, right? I'm like, who? Who should yeah. I take? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that's when, and it doesn't happen so much in this league because, because uh, 
it's been pretty much the same guys together for like 10, 11 years in this league. They take it pretty seriously. But I've been in a lot of leagues where when you start to get to the back end and you're in your draft, guys start like selecting players from the teams they root for. And I'm right. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not into that because then exactly. I don't want to get angry at my own players. Like I, I don't want to yeah. get like and I do have. Oh, I was angry at myself because, you know, who I have on my fantasy bench, Raheem Mostert. He was on my Ooh. bench and he put up the I'm like, stop. I, I'm like, put in Edmonds. I don't want Mostert putting up numbers from my bench. <laughs> <laughs> well, on one of my fantasy teams, I got Edmonds. And I was oh. like, put him in. Put him in. Yeah. Yeah. That was so not a good it. stat day for him. Let me throw some shout outs before we get out of here. Be Smokey. Thank you so much. Oh, he says Miami Heat basketball is right around the corner. God, the, at B Smokey, the Heat had like the most boring offseason ever. So I, I hope they're good this year. <laughs> I mean, the Heat usually find a way to overachieve versus my Canes and Dolphins find ways to underachieve. Darlene, hello. Uh, do you know a dolphin has nothing to do? What kind of a comment is that? Do you know a dolphin has nothing to do with the football? Uh, how many mascots have something to do with football would be my question. <laughs> would be my question. What kind of a comment is that? I never thought of that. I've seen dolphins like play with the little toy footballs in the water. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I, I feel like I feel like a dolphin can do more with a football than a lion can. Right? Like the Detroit Lions, like what what is a lion? Like maybe a lion would like bite into the football and just like destroy it. But I've seen dolphins like pop the footballs around with their noses and the at Seaquarium and stuff. So I, I would argue. I, I think Dolphins have something to do with football. I know you guys are young, but, you know, there was a time when the Miami Dolphins actually had a dolphin Flipper. in the end zone. A real dolphin in a pool. That's what sold me on the Miami Dolphins when I was like 10, 11 years old. I said, how? It was cold up north in New Jersey where I was growing up. <laughs> and they were playing the Jets. And the game was at the Orange Bowl. And I said, wow, look at that weather. And then they had the dolphin in the end zone. I, I said, I'm a dolphin fan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what play on the team. I said, I'm a dolphin fan. Forget awesome. that. <laughs> yes. That is awesome. Uh, hello to uh, Alamon. Hello to Cap for Life. Hello to uh, to Tony two times. Yeah, Dolphins and Canes love losing on the same weekend. Uh, no, no question. Like, and it's weird because like, um, I almost like I just I want them both to win every weekend because then when like the Canes lose and then the Dolphins win, I'm like I'm only like half happy. Like I'm not like completely happy, but I'd rather be half happy than all mad. That's for sure. That's sure. for sure. Thanks I'd rather again, them yeah. both win. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, that's all I want. I even, hell, I, I wanted Boston College to beat Clemson. I, I wanted that. Yeah, I knew there was no shot. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Boston College right now, and we really don't need to talk about it, but, <laughs> you know, Coach Halfley, 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 he came over from Ohio State and Big things were in the horizon. They played well last year and his first year, two years ago. But I'm like, why did they fall off so much this year? Like, they yeah. just can't get anything going. So. Yeah, it's it's been rough. We throw a few more shout-outs. Indade, thank you so much for tuning in. By the way, did you see uh, Carolina fired Matt Rule today? And they, they owe him $40 million that they have to pay him. 
Really? That's not bad. Like, doesn't that kind of like, I know, I know every football coach has pride and you hate to get fired, but like Troy, I've only been fired. I think one time in my life and I got two weeks of severance at like barely any money. Um, and I was, so I was kind of pissed. I'm like, not only did I get fired, I get two weeks severance. Like it was like a, it was a slap in the face. Matt Rule gets fired, and he's going to make more money not to work. And I'm sure he'll end up working somewhere because coaches just do that. But if I were him, I'd probably just sit on a boat for the next, you know, 20, 30 years to just collect that 40 money. Million? 40 million? That is absolutely insane that he's getting that money. But uh, Baker's still in. Yes. They didn't fire him yet. I don't, yeah, I, I, Excuse me, I, I don't think it's as easy to fire him as it was to fire Rule. Oh, man. I figured I could calm my, my dog down by throwing a Amazon package that came in the mail. Okay. Rip through the Amazon package and open what was inside. What was in there? Like food? Something for the wife. School okay. stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks to VL- VLKV for tuning in. Uh, oh, but by, by the way, I don't know. Do, do you feel this way, Troy? Because he says with all the NFL hates Miami tweets I see, is there a legitimate reason for the NFL anti-Miami bias? Like, well, I think for one thing, the, the Dolphins just they've, – they've had a lot of bad publicity lately. And it go and just like – even just like within the last year, like within the last few months – the tampering thing, Stephen Ross getting suspended, uh, you know, the whole Brian Flores lawsuit, because like, I don't know, I guess it was pretty split, but a lot of people really took Flo's side and a lot of people didn't, but a lot of people did. And now you've got the Tua stuff within the last couple of weeks. So um, a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So I, I think I think the more stuff that happens, the more biased they become, because one thing that I noticed, Troy, was, you know, when when Tua got concussed in that Bengals game and then, you know, everybody of course remembered cause they showed it a thousand times on TV, what happened to him against the bills. Uh, like I kept seeing people I know who are not dolphin fans who were just watching the game. They're like, the dolphins are a trash organization. Like that was their reaction. Like the reaction wasn't, I hope Tua is okay. Wow. That looks bad. The reaction was the Dol- What a trash organization for even playing him. So there, there's definitely right. a bias out there. But the Miami Dolphins were not at fault in that whole situation. No. But I bet you if we were to go to any city and you're analyzing their football team, those who love that team, they'll sit there and say, oh, you're hating on my team. It doesn't matter where you are. It's just I've been using this word, a microscope on it the entire time. So I don't think – I think it's the same in every city. You know, when you're bad or you have some things going on, fans are going, you know, they're going to hate on you. So it's no big deal. Like, I don't think the Miami Dolphins receive more hate than, like, the Raiders right now. I, I don't think so. Then, you know, Minnesota or Denver. any other. Denver, right? Oh, Can you terrible. imagine what they're saying in Denver <laughs> about the move to bring, you know, the, the quarterback in? Yeah. Sean Watson, it. Yeah, Russell Wilson, yeah, he's, he's getting he's Russell getting Wilson, destroyed. My bad. Yeah, he's my getting bad. destroyed. Absolutely. Like I even said myself last week, I go, that might have been the biggest bust in the offseason. Russell Wilson, yeah. 
Like they gave up a boatload to get him, pay him a lot of money, and all of a sudden he's like not the quarterback that he used to be. Yep. All right, that'll do it for us. Talent. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Uh, if, if I missed anybody, Von954, hello. Uh, if I missed any shout-outs, I want to make sure my guy Garrett, who's been sending us a lot of messages, Big Dan, B. Smokey, Alex M. If I missed anybody, apologize. We'll try to get you guys in next time. Troy Stratford, awesome job as always, sir. Have a wonderful week, and, and let's hope next Monday we're talking about a Dolphins victory. I got this animal here that's going that's... for the circus. Stop. Stop. That should be the new mascot. <laughs> Go. I love it. I love Sorry it. For about Troy... all the no, no, no. Don't worry about it. For Troy Stratford, I'm Alex Dono. We'll talk to you guys again next week on another episode of The Extra Yard on the Five Reasons Sports Network. See ya. You got it. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.